Much like the Academy Awards, we're only willing to broadcast the categories that we actually care about. And we're a song movie podcast, so best original song is going to get broken down on today's That Song from That Movie. And the Academy Award for the 2017 Best Picture goes to... La La Land. <laughs> is it? Yeah, you need, yeah, you need to be the really passive-aggressive guy that runs on. It's our friends from Moonlight. <laughs> Thank you for joining that song from that movie, The Journey Through the Very Best and Worst of Movie Songs. I am your podcasting abuela host, Dietrich. And as always, we're joined by just a humble man who's only here to stand Diane Warren, Alex. I mean, it didn't start out that way, but the longer we've gone on, that is the only reason. <laughs> Although we shall see. We'll see. We shall see. And we're also joined by another humble man who's also only here to stand Diane Warren, Ben. I've always been here for that reason, and I will not have anything said against her. Other than me, later on in this podcast. <laughs> no, we're oh. both saying it. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. But at least the listeners will get the jingle. I mean, maybe that's to the, list- the listeners as well. They're only here to stand Diane Warren. Ah, <laughs> uh, one listener, Diane Warren. <laughs> we did get a call out, though, last year at the Oscars, didn't we? We got we got something from Diane Warren. Yeah, she liked a post or something of ours. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, we want Diane Warren to win, even though the post, the actual episode <laughs> itself was like, yeah, she, she shouldn't win. <laughs> yeah. She, she wouldn't listen anyway. But it's going to change this year. Diane, let us know what you think this year's episode. Anyway, what have you guys been watching this week? No, Fortnite, because we're fortnightly now. Finally decided to give that show about Birmingham thugs a go. What's it called? Peaky Blinders. Oh, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I watched Peaky Blinders, the new episode. I haven't, I haven't, like, I've, I've literally started season one. I am behind. Yeah, you are, you are very behind. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's decent, it's decent. Yeah, and then mostly been watching right. Oscar films, that's what I've been working my way through for this podcast. Sounds sensible. Mm-hmm. Of course, we'll be talking about zero of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Peaky Blinders. You're not missing a great deal. No. I got told that I had a Peaky Blinders haircut. I was like, I've had this haircut for, like, ten years I now. don't. Quite think it's yours, but the shaven yeah. sides, I think, is the only similarity. Yeah. If you enjoy a lot of like shots from behind of people walking through smoke, yeah, it's the slow motion, the like stars in your eyes, kind of. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Basically, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. With razor blades, <laughs> with razor blades, and the word garrison said more <laughs> times than <laughs> is necessary. The garrison. Just over and over. That's that's essentially the script for every episode of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I have watched the entire series of Only Murders in the Building, which Never heard of it. would recommend Never heard a lot. It. So it's Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. It's like... Um, oh, is it on Disney Plus? It's on Disney Plus, yeah. It's like One a, of those things is not like the others. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's really good, actually. It's kind of like... Uh, they're only like half an hour episodes. But it's sort it's like a crime drama, but it's sort of also a comedy as well. But it kind of really plays that line really well. I would recommend it. It's good. And if you've got Disney Plus subscription, give it a go. <laughs> We're not sponsored. Not sponsored. Oh, one day, one day. I've watched both the new series of Space Force and the new series of It's Always Sunny, which both went on Netflix the past two weeks. Mixed emotions. I quite enjoyed the second series of Space Force, but I think uh, the new series, It's Always Sunny, was the first proper stinker from them. Ooh. Yeah. That's not good. We do like films, honestly, guys. We just don't watch them. 
We just don't watch unless, it, yeah. unless it's Toy Story 1 to 4 or Paddington 1 <laughs> wait, to wait, 2. Wait, 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 Oh, sorry. Oh, and, and Fantastic Mr. Fox as well. Those those are the films that I watch. Okay. <laughs> I was planning to watch The Batman before this, but uh, it, the timeline just didn't work out. So I'll have seen it by the next episode. So I can talk about that then. Can't wait. Once the discourse has Can't moved wait. on to another film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah once, once it's no longer like in the popular conversation. It's always been those guys. So it's now time for our now traditional look at the Academy Awards Best Original Song category. And this year, we're releasing it before the awards show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, pat on the back, guys. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Finally. But seeing as that is the case, there is no history segment this week because it's about the here and now in the year 2022, which recently has become an utter shit show. Yep. Why talk about history when you're living it? Loving in history. <laughs> so, if, if nothing else, this hopefully might distract your mind from the rest of the world. So before we uh, go on to the best original song, it's a low bar. It is a low very, bar. very low bar. We, we did it. say we wanted to have a super quick chat about just the Oscars in general this year. I will go first because no surprises, I have seen zero of the ten <laughs> best picture nominees, <laughs> and of those ten, two of them I had never even heard of before they were nominated, <laughs> and one of them confused the hell out of me because when I saw the trailer for it in the cinema, people actually laughed at it, including myself, and that was Nightmare Alley. Okay, nice. Bearing in mind this it was a trailer that came after the trailer for Moonfall, which elicited no laughs. <laughs> yeah, it elicited nothing in general. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't quite understand how that's been nominated. Uh, what, Moon- but, yeah. <laughs> Moonfall in the top ten. Moonfall! It's, there's one way of getting the Oscars to be relevant again. That could be it. <laughs> Game crashed by Roland Emmerich. Every award goes to Moonfall. Yep. What about you guys then? What do you think of the Best Picture nominee category? Uh, Alex, how many have you seen? Well, I think I'll go first. I, I just reminded me, actually, not that it's a film that's been be- nominated for Best Picture, but I did watch a film that I haven't mentioned on this podcast, which was The French Dispatch. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, the Wes I Anderson film. Dispatch. Yeah, it was, it was probably the worst Wes Anderson film I've ever seen, but it was still okay. I think it was definitely his worst film. Yeah, this is always the thing that they're very nice to look at, but yes. I was like, what, what is this? Is this, um, what, what, we, what am I watching? Yeah, is like there still has to be, or is it an anthology of just random some kind things? Of plot, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's the loose, most loose plot. It was kind of the feel of Grand Budapest Hotel, but none of the enjoyment of watching it. But yeah, anyway, it's not nominated for Best Picture, rightfully so. So I don't know. I just thought I mentioned it because I did watch it. I have watched one film that is nominated for Best hey. Picture, uh, which I think I've already mentioned on this podcast, which is Dune. Hopefully, oh, it will yeah. win, and then I can say that I've seen the Best Picture win. <laughs> did you like Dune? I did, I did like Dune. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it was a lot better than I expected it to be. A lot better than the David Lynch version from the 80s. Uh, it it was very... I wasn't expect. I didn't go in expecting it to be half of the book, the first book. I didn't realize no, they were going to no, cut the not. story in half. But so that only made sense by the ending because I was like, "Oh, this is really they're really eking this out." And it's like two hours into the film, and you're like, <laughs> "Just like just long, so, yeah." Halfway through the book, whereas David Lynch packed it all into a good, I don't know, hour and forty five, <laughs> <laughs> which is impossible. Really, which is why it's like a, yeah, it's like a fever dream. Sure. Um, yeah. So Dune would recommend a lot would probably i've not seen any of the other films but i'm sure it would be a worthy winner i'm surprised to see west side story there because i've seen no good reviews for that yeah i'm surprised to see don't look up there because i've seen no good reviews for that same nightmare alley is a remake of a film from like the 30s or something or 40s 50s it's like an old film but it's Guillermo del toro so that's why it's there i'm just reading through the list (laughs) that's why it's there (laughs) belfast again 
don't know about that one. It looked like it's it was like it's Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, it's Kenneth Branagh, but it's almost like oh Roma, that did well. That was in black and white. It's Let's the, do an it's Irish the Philomena of this year. It's oh, the okay. Philomena of this year. It's that sort of like you know very obviously British sort of film. It's very twee. Uh, stick it in there. Yeah, I, I did read one review though, which said um, that Jamie Dornan, who plays uh, his dad in the film, it was too good looking. To be his dad. That's what I read. That was one But isn't that that's that's every film about a real life character? Like you're watching it, and then at the end it shows footage of them. You're like, oh my word, you have been very kind. <laughs> Licorice Pizza, I want to see because I enjoy Paul Thomas Anderson films. Yes, I really do want to see that. Power of the Dog is on Netflix, but I still haven't watched it. Probably will win Best Picture. Maybe who knows? I've seen a lot of people talking about it. Benedict Cumberbatch is in it, as is mm-hmm. uh, Kirsten Dunst. She been all the Marvel actors. King Richards saw the trailer for it, didn't think it looked like that good of a film. Coda, never heard of it. <laughs> there's, yep. there's my summary. <laughs> oh, wait, there's a film called Drive My Car as well. Never heard of it. <laughs> is Coda about Kurt Decoder? No, it's not. It is not about that. So, yeah, go on then, Ben. How many have you seen? I am the Atlas for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I am carrying it. I have seen seven. You've seen seven? Of how many? Ten. Yes. Yeah. God. Wow. I've well seen done. Belfast. I've seen Coda. I've seen Don't Look Up. I've seen Drive My Car. I've seen Dune. I haven't seen King Richard, Licorice Pizza, or Nightmare Alley. I've seen Power of the Dog, and I've seen West Side Story. Wow. Nice. And I would say that none of them <laughs> deserve... No. Drive My Car is probably the best. Coda is on our Apple TV, and I got a free you know, seven-day trial just to watch it. It was one of those films where it starts off... It, Coda stands for like Child of Deaf Adults, I think it is. It's about a girl who is the only one of her family, her parents and brother, who is not a mute. Oh, that kind of death. Right. It, it starts off incredibly schmaltzy. And I thought, oh, God, I was crying at the end. So it clearly, it clearly took me. It Child of me. death adults, yeah. But death think as is, in yes. death, hard of hearing death, not, yeah, not death. death. Yes, yes. <laughs> which yes. is what I interpret, which is how I heard here. <laughs> uh, yes. No, I think she is about, she likes singing and she wants to be a singer and her parents, obviously, and family um, don't understand that. Drive My Car, I think it's the best film. It won't win. Um, I think it's like the parasite of this year, but no, in no way is it a uh, you must see this film kind of thing uh, like Parasite was. I think Power of the Dog will win. Although I did not enjoy it that much, I think it wraps up very nicely by the end, and you that makes it a better film because of how it ends. But it's not enjoyable. But I think its themes are very popular, and I think will be very on point with, I guess, like around like toxic masculinity. Um, and has everyone, anyone seen? Um, what's the guy called from? Oh, what's his name? Sam Elliott. You know Sam Elliott? Yes, yep. Sam Elliott. Been publicly, publicly shaming this film because it's always just all about men in chaps and homosexuality. So he is uh, he's a bit disconnected from the modern world, I'd say. Oh, well. Like the take. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got the wrong end of the stick. So yeah, I think Power of the Dog seems like it's actually the favourite. Belfast was pretty good. Um, just a bit. Like, it's fine, but... We're going to talk about music, because that's one of the few ones where the music is very heavily involved. Okay, we're going to go on to talk about the best original song category, and we're going to talk about one each. Uh, and by that, I mean I'm going to do three, and these guys are going to do two. One each. Yes, me, then you, then me, then you, mm-hmm. then me. Very Chuckle Brothers. The first song we are going to talk about is called Down to Joy, from the movie Belfast, which has music and lyrics by Van the Man Morrison. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I saw this film that I realised Van Morrison was Irish. What? 
He's like that's what it's like. That's his thing. <laughs> is it? I've never heard him like in an interview. Like I've never heard him in an interview. I don't think he feels like he sings. No, he doesn't. Irish, really, doesn't he? but he definitely that definitely is his. Yeah, thing. I mean, he's very sort of R and B sort of soul inspired. At least his sort of successful works. Yeah, I imagine he's got a bit of a folk background. Did uh, Alex? You obviously did. Did you know he was Irish? I I presumed. <laughs> Fine. Well, you know, you didn't see any films. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've got a gripe with this song, as does large parts of the internet. Oh. Because. It's not original. It's not really an original song. <laughs> Van Morrison is based it's on a qualified. Van Morrison demo from 1970. Yeah. It has been remade by Van Morrison, but it has a, like similar lyrics and the song is named the same. I th- well, I think this one's called Down to Joy and that version was called coming down to joy um so there are clear differences in the recording this one's a lot more upbeat but it just is that really an original song then kenneth brown has been saying like in every interview like i'm so glad he wrote this original song for this film and i feel like he's aware of what's being said about it because he's really trying to sort of like stare the camera down put a lot of pressure on um whereas i don't think van morrison cares that much but yeah is that an original song i ask you uh you are you asking I'm asking. No rhetorical. No rhetorical to the, um, to the camera. Yeah, it's interesting actually, because because <laughs> when I uh, when I was looking up this song, it did keep offering me a version from 1970. I was like, well, it can't be the same thing, or it's just like it's something off about what, what I'm searching. So now you've said yeah. that makes sense. No, I don't think it can count as an original song for a film if it was written in 1970. Um, it depends what percentage of it is new. If it's over 50, percent yeah. then I'm willing to classify it as a new song. In, in, okay, well, in the sense, I, I think that... I think Van Morrison could take Van Morrison to court for this song. Right. I was going to say, in the sense that uh, Frankie's "F you right back," mm-hmm. I consider an original song, <laughs> yep. even though only the lyrics are different. Okay, okay. Well, if you if you consider that an original song, then this is definitely uh, an original yeah. song. I think I think what what made what you it made me think of when you said that Ben before was when we did the episode on Mrs. Robinson because they didn't allow that to be nominated. Because they'd kind of written it like just before they'd been asked to, they like they were already in the motions of writing a song, something like that. But then they changed the lyrics to Mrs. Robinson and made it oh, for yeah. the film, and they wouldn't let them put it forward. And <laughs> now this sounds worse than that to me, because it sounds like he's just taken an old song hmm. and slightly amended it. <laughs> it well, yeah, it's that is, it is basically that. So he's used some of the same lyrics, and like the song title is basically the same. General flow of the song is is the same, but the Sort of the backing is different. There's a lot more horns in the new one. It's a lot more upbeat. There's something terrible in the first one. Go and listen to it, ladies and gentlemen. There is, he basically sings the song and then says the lyrics after the line. It's hard to describe it. It's like you've got the radio on while you're listening to the song. I almost had to check that there was no other tab open on my laptop. So I'm like, what the hell's, what the hell's that? And it's just Van Morrison talking the song at the same time as he's singing it. Like like on a, on a separate track recorded like underneath yeah yeah basically so I'll sing like coming down to joy and then she'll say coming down to joy <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it it's awful so this version sounds experimental <laughs> this version is much better I don't know what you guys think of the song I like the song I, I really like the album um, Astral Weeks by Van Morrison which is like a, his one of probably his most famous album and this song really yes. sounds like it's from that. this version of the song anyway sounds like it's from that album it's got like a really similar vibe so I don't know when the is the film set in the 70s or is it set earlier than that I guess it might be early 
I think it's slightly yeah, earlier. I don't know how old that. Kenneth Branagh is. But yeah, so it's around like late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. So it's kind of of that time. I think I think Astral Week's actually from late sixties anyway, so that would kind of work. So I think I don't know whether it was recorded to kind of try and sound like Van Morrison of that time. I don't know what he's been doing lately, <laughs> to be honest. But it really <laughs> did sound like of that time. Um, eating a lot by yeah. the looks of it. Oh right, okay. <laughs> so I enjoyed that about it. I feel like I'd have to listen to it more times to really enjoy it. But yeah, on a first yeah. like couple of listens, I, I thought it was quite a nice song, and I get like its existence, even though I've not seen the film. It sort of makes sense to me. Yeah, his songs are all through this film. Right, like yeah, there's lots of Van Morrison songs. I don't know if he's recorded. I'm not incredibly familiar with his work. If these are all original songs for the film, um, but it's basically apart from one in which Jamie Dorn and sings "Everlasting Love," um, which I feel should have been nominated instead. <laughs> For something, I don't know what it was, but something for best performance, <laughs> best actor. Um, I I do like the use of the music in the film, and it I think it helps it a lot. But yeah, do what do you think? So I wasn't a fan of this one. To me, it mm-hmm. sounded like Brown Eyed Girl with all the spark and like the pep taken out of it, like uh, the soul was sucked out of it. As I was sort of listening to it, I was thinking, if you just took Brown Eyed Girl on YouTube and set it to zero point seven five speed, that's what this song <laughs> sounds like. I'm going to try that after um, this. So, yeah, no, I didn't enjoy this one. Not one for me, this one. Mm. Oh, it's a shame. I think this was really good, but it shouldn't be included for me because it's stretching original a bit. Um, but, you know, for D, it's, yeah, it could be it could be Eiffel 65. It's that different. <laughs> when I looked at the list, um, I actually thought they said Morrissey. So when he started singing, it was quite a, <laughs> uh, quite a take back. I don't think it could be a feel-good film if Morrissey was singing. <laughs> and plus, he, he really doesn't associate as Irish anymore, does he? Oh, really? Is that, is that a thing? If he yeah. is? I don't know. So next up, we're going to talk about Dos Origuitas. So yeah, Dos Origuitas is one of the many, 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 many songs from Disney's latest hit animation, Encanto. It's performed by Sebastian Yatara, or Yatra, not sure how to pronounce it. And is written by, like most songs these days, Lynn manuel Miranda. <laughs> so, so the song appears in a flashback where the main character, Mirabelle, learns the truth of the hardship her abuela went through, leading up to the creation of Casa Madrigal and the family receiving their special powers, i.e. The, the core of the film. <laughs> so essentially the story acts as a signal to the audience that Mirabelle and her grandmother have reconciled. So I'm talking about the Spanish language version here because that's the version that's nominated. So I'm hoping that's the version you've listened to. It is. Yes. Oh, thank God. So what do you guys think of this song? Um, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I've heard a lot of talk about another song, like something called like Let We Don't Talk Shh. About Bruno or something, although I haven't heard that song. But I've heard a lot of people mention that song. I've heard no one talk about this one, so I was surprised when I came to read the list that it wasn't the other one that was nominated. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was nice, yeah. And I listened to it a few times. I even listened to a live... Because actually the first version I listened to was like clearly the clip from the film, which ruined the film in a lot of ways for me, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seemed like a pivotal moment in the film. Yeah. And then um, I watched like a, li- a straight, a really odd live version where the man was singing it with like a band, but they were like in a garden, but it was inside. I don't know if that was a callback to something that's happening in the film, but that is what was happening. And it was like, it's a live version, but then it was like, there was a butterfly flying around, but it was clearly CGI. So it was like the CGI'd over a live version. But anyway, uh, that version was really nice also. So it was just a nice listen. I mean, obviously I didn't understand many of the lyrics, although I did see that Dos Origuitas is two caterpillars. So oh, that's right, which yeah. is uh, which is, is nice. 
garden. Maybe that's how the garden comes into it. I don't know. But yeah, I thought it was a nice song. I'm a fan of Lin Manuel Miranda generally. So it's nice to see another a foreign language film nominated. I think there was one nominated last year, wasn't there? The song, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was or Italian. It was certainly mixed. It's Italian. I can't remember which version of the song. There was like eight versions. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was a pleasant listen, and I think when I watch the film eventually. I'll enjoy it even more because I'll understand the context more. Although I think from the scene that I saw, it was quite clear um, what was going on. So yeah, yeah. So to explain, it's called Dossori Guitas, which translates to two caterpillars. And essentially, the song is about the story of two caterpillars in love who must separate so they can enter their chrysalis state before later both emerging as butterflies, allowing them to reunite. Yeah, which explains the butterfly in the uh, the live yeah. version. That's all. What about you, Ben? What did you think of this song? Yeah, I really like it. Um, I I like this version. I've not seen Encanto, so I'm assuming the version in the English film is an English version. Nope. It's not. It is this version. It's this version, yeah. Great. That's good, because yeah, I really like this. I don't know. I always find it easier to connect to... I'm not someone that r- kind of really sticks with lyrics anyway when I listen to music. It's not until many times through that I kind of catch maybe a deeper meaning of what the intention is by the artist through the lyrics so i kind of like just listening to the music and seeing what emotion comes through and yeah it's very softly part in parts harrowing in parts kind of just reflecting and a bit low and somber and melancholic but i don't know in a nice way especially with the watching it with the video online yeah there's something really nice and touching about it and it does make you want to listen to it again. It's not got a replayable sort of, you know, like there's a catch in your head when you're just singing a line over and over again for me because I don't know the words. But it, um, I, yeah, it's really nice. And I'm glad it's this and not the We Don't Talk About Bruno, which I hear on the radio a lot because it got to number one. <laughs> did it? It did. Yep. Yeah. How, how ridiculous is that? Please be nice to my uh, next point, which is the interesting thing about Dos Oreguitas is the fact it's not We Don't Talk About Bruno. Mm. I mean, yeah, Dos Oreguitas is beautifully performed and a surprise when it was nominated. But yeah, the absolute best song of Encanto is We Don't Talk About Bruno. (laughs) And it is, quite frankly, an incredible earworm of a song, uh, which is better than the movie and is Disney's most successful song ever. (laughs) Longest rating, Billboard, Top of the Hard, the first ever UK number one. It's it's a phenomenon. Take that, Nadel Dazeem. Wait, so that didn't even get to number one in in this country? Did it not? No, it didn't. I don't, does he? (laughs) <laughs> the wickedly talented Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Dos Oreguitas. It's just a, a beautiful yeah. song, and uh, it should have been. We don't talk about Bruno nominated. <laughs> Lin Manuel could be the next Diane Warren. Yeah, lots of nominees. Yeah, because he he wrote the songs for Moana, yeah. didn't he? Everyone wants him. Yeah, because he wrote the songs for like Tick Tick. Well, he wrote songs, didn't he? He directed Tick Tick Boom. He's like so hot right now. Yeah. He's in a few. Is he in a few Disney films now? I mean, I know he did. Um, Wait, he Moana. did Moana. He did Mary Poppins. He was in Mary Poppins: yeah. The Return, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, which was not a great performance because <laughs> he can't really sing. That's the problem. <laughs> Jack the Lamplighter. Like <laughs> <laughs> He's just got such a scratchy voice. I don't know if he did in the Heights, but well, he wrote. He wrote yeah, he wrote, he wrote the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, he is um, everywhere. I prefer him to be behind camera or off screen because I don't like his voice. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's in the uh, the TV adaptation of um, Northern Lights as well on BBC, if, if any of you watched that. Weirdly. I have but, not. Yeah, And well, now, knowing that he's in it, I won't. So, yes, the next song uh, we are talking about is Be Alive, which is a song written by Dixon 
and Beyonce Knowles Carter, performed by Beyonce herself for the film King Richard. So for those unaware, King Richard is about Richard Williams, who's played by Will Smith, as he begins coaching his daughters, Venus and Serena, who go on to be, I don't know, baseball players or something, I can't remember. I've never heard of him myself. But um, I, I really wanted to see this film. Uh, annoyingly, I've just not been able to catch it. I don't think Will Smith's going to get his Oscar, finally. But um, I heard some decent stuff about it. And the song is very Beyonce. It's very uh, sort of powerful, booming, anthemic. That kind of focuses on her vocals. But what do you guys think? I think it's an interesting song. I think I liked it because it felt different. Like it, because as it's it's an it's odd with like the simple sort of repetitive drum beat that feels like it's built into something which never happens. Yeah, but almost feels like that was by design. Almost sort of we keep going, they keep going, nothing changes. They keep the power through, sort of thing. I just expected the simple beat of it all to suddenly explode into life, but it just kept going. Uh, what it did feel to me though is it felt like an unreleased Destiny's Child track. <laughs> really? I could not think I could imagine this as Destiny's Child. Well, it didn't feel like a Beyonce solo effort, and it had that sort of group harmony, which, especially a film about like two black women being successful in life, go get the rest of Destiny's Child, bring them back. <laughs> the, the, what, what I'm what I'm hearing is that you, aside from this, you just really want Destiny's Child back. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, definitely, much more than I want to see the film King Richard. Yeah, I, I thought this just sounded very obviously Beyonce. It just really, you know, like. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. That was Destiny Child. After every line, no, it wasn't. Well, it kind of was, but there was often very a lot of more sass in the background. I think mostly it's because it didn't feel like a modern song. It felt early nineties. Yeah. Yes, I don't like Beyonce's so Child to fit into what what R and B kind of is nowadays. Um, what do you think, Alex? I, I get what D saying about the uh, it feel like it was building to something, but again, I do think it was probably intentional. It was kind of like because I guess that the film kind of doesn't go very far into like their careers. I feel like from all the trailers I've seen, they look quite young in it, and it seems to be about obviously their dad like training them and and or like their home life before they made it. So I wonder whether that's why it's kind of like all oh, this is building towards you know what eventually happened with when they <laughs> essentially took over tennis and just won everything for like twenty years. Yeah, not only recently, ended, and but... well, Serena still is really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yes. To me, it sounded it sounded like very current Beyonce actually I thought it did sound like what she's been putting out recently very stripped back and very kind of bombastic vocals over the top like if you listen to like something like Lemonade I know it was quite a few years ago now but it's the proper frame of reference I've got it's kind of it is kind of kind of that it is kind of that more like that vibe where it's it's them there isn't you know like that proper like pop backtrack in there anymore it's all about yeah, yeah just like her and the lyrics, and it gives the lyrics more focus. And one thing I really did enjoy about this was the music video was, even though it was just essentially shots from the film, they spliced the lyrics over the top. Oh, this was the version that I saw. Yeah, the lyrical it. video, I know which one. Yeah, that's the one I watched too. Yeah, and and I thought, like, oh, it's a really nice new kind of way of doing a video for a film, for a film song, which you don't really see, because usually it's like clips from the film shot of the ice performing in a darkened room or, or you know, against a back <laughs> air machine, a right? yeah, air machine yeah. 20. whereas this one felt like it felt like oh they'd really kind of thought about how the song can interact with the film footage and it had been put together really nicely as a package definitely i completely agree i think it's definitely helped yeah. by the fact that the pace is of the song is very slow so yeah. you can almost rest on the lyrics and the lyrics are quite important to it 
that music video, I would say, is a better trailer for the film than the yeah. trailer for the film yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Some people have said that this is the best part of the film. But it kind of comes on at the credits because I think the, the original screening of it did not have this song and then she recorded it because apparently she saw the screening and then wanted to make a song for the film. She saw a lot of similarities between the Williams sisters' lives and hers, especially with the involvement of their father in you know, trying to... I guess, push their career and all the effort that they went into it. So I guess she's also singing about herself. Does Beyonce see herself as the Serena or the Venus of her and Solange? Uh, um, <laughs> I don't think Solange can be. In, I think Beyonce probably sees herself as both. As the combined sisters. <laughs> yes. I swear there's a third William sister. It's like I always thought there was three Attenboroughs, um, Richard, David, and other. Jiminy. I must have always other felt bad for that guy at, at, Oh, that guy at like the uh, the sort of the family Christmases, you know, it's like, what have you done? Oh, I've got a knighthood. What about you? Oh, yes, me too. What about you? I think he was a lawyer. <laughs> well, it's like Branwell Bronte as well. Like the other three Bron- the Bronte <laughs> sisters, <laughs> all successful novelists, and then there's Branwell. <laughs> I expect you to go for the uh, the the Manning brothers. The Manning brothers. <laughs> yes, also. <laughs> is there a third Manning brother? There is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor, poor guy. I don't think he's won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith, <laughs> Will Smith, when he was talking about this uh, song, said the marriage of a movie and song is a kind of magic that's unmatched entertainment. Of course, he'd say that. Yeah, Mr. Movie song. Yeah. It is like it's like his <laughs> thing for a long exactly. time in the nineties, wasn't it? <laughs> Rolling Stones magazine said this was one of the worst songs of twenty twenty one. Take that with what okay. you will. <laughs> Can we trust them? <laughs> yeah, probably not. They said it feels very calculated and incredibly Oscar baity. Really? I think it's, it's such an easy comment to make that though. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, but especially if you look at the article it's from, the other songs on that list, it does not deserve to be on that list. And he basically, the, whoever wrote the article, first line they put, it's not really a bad song, but it's like, you're talking about the worst songs of the year and you've opened it up by saying it's not really a bad song. Terrible no, it's just Yeah, it's just, it's just you know, clickbait, isn't it? No, I put Beyond, a Beyonce song from a really big film of the year as the worst song. Well, it works. You got me to clear this first. <laughs> this is true. And now we're talking about him on this podcast to our 10 fans. <laughs> <laughs> I feel shilled, Alex. I feel shilled. Yes. That's everything I will say on that song. Next, 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 next. It's me. It's me. So we're going to talk about No Time to Die by Billie Eilish. But I will preface this by saying Ooh. that, yeah, finally, I mean, we've... We, We've done so many Bond song theme episodes that was leading up to this one. So at least we are finally talking about it. Although we never did the last episode, did we? Or did we, are we missing two? We might be missing two episodes. We're missing two, yeah. yeah. Uh, Skyfall and Spectre we need to do still. So we might have to put like a notice on the, like, on the episodes that feature Bond songs so that this one can be included. But yeah, so it's formed by Billie Eilish, but it's co-written by her and her brother Phineas O'Connell, which is a, a great name. Yep. I've got quite a lot of notes on this. I don't know if that's because it's a Bond song <laughs> or whether it's because it's a Billie Eilish song. I don't have a huge Billie Eilish frame of reference. Oh, you just like taking notes. Or I like taking notes, but as well, they're all scribbled on this one because I've written it in my book rather than on my uh, <laughs> notes app. So we'll, what do you guys think of the song first? Love it. I do love it. I, I, I really like uh, Billie Eilish's music <laughs> as a 31-year-old. You're the target audience. <laughs> <male. laughs> the songs just hit me in a different way. No, I think she's really good. I think it's different enough while still hitting the same themes and notes that a Bond song should. I think at one of the Oscars a few years ago, she sang Imagine by John Lennon. I think she does those kind of songs, kind of like very soft, somber ballads in a different, unique way that is still very good. I think it's hard to do those songs in a, with a different, in a different way, in a different voice. Uh, and yeah. I think her voice is basically copied very now. Like most new artists coming through, it's that very softly spoken, almost talking with a with a a whisper into yeah. the mic. Yeah. And this is what we have now. <laughs> Cheers, Billy. D. I'm essentially the same. I was very skeptical when it was first announced. 
I mean, I do like Billie Eilish. I was skeptical <laughs> of her style translating into a Bond song because she has that like sort of intimate voice, like a voice designed to listen to with headphones on. Hmm. Yeah, it's very ASMR, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very just like you and her. Yeah, so I thought it was going to fall flat when put into a Bond song formula, and that was just stupid of me, wasn't it? Really, because it's an incredible <laughs> it song that's somehow like large and loud and feels like a song for a summer blockbuster movie whilst also being this personable uh i don't know it's 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 mm-hmm. a work of art and uh, yeah. it's just an ma- example of like a like a master craftsman doing what they do best really which i feel like i've spoken very passionately about yeah. and might give away which one i think is the best <laughs> well it's, it's it's an interesting competition hmm. this year because there's a bond theme there's a beyonce song and there's a disney song and a, Diane and a Diane Warren, sorry, and a Diane Warren, which will come on to And, and I like how Ben saved that one to the end. <laughs> so it's like, it is like, this is like the year for the the best original song competition. But I mean, I do agree with both of you, actually. I don't really know her music very well. So I was kind of like, oh, they've just picked the hot new artist of the time to perform it. But actually, you know, they did a bit like they did with Sam Smith, and that was a bit of a disappointment, not to spoil that episode when we ever eventually do it. I don't think any... I think all of us would agree that that's not a great... Sam song. Smith's a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> well, that that song definitely is. Let's not go into him as a person. Whereas this, I think, is... It's, like, perfectly pitched. I, I, I almost don't know what it is about it, necessarily. Like, I feel like it has everything that's good about a Bond song, but it's done in a unique way, maybe just because of the way she performs it. Yeah. But like you say, it's very intimate, but that kind of seems to lend itself to kind of... I've not seen the film. I don't know if either of you two have, but I think obviously it's Daniel Craig's last film. So it seems to fit perfectly with that. But yes, yeah, so she was 17 when she recorded the song, which made her the youngest ever, ever wow. performer of a Bond song, which is not surprising. Oh, well, this song was from 2020. Although I guess this is the awards for 2021, but the film was supposed to come out so long ago now that the song was perf- was actually created ages and ages and ages. <laughs> yeah, ago. yeah. And I think because the, did the song actually did get released, didn't it? Like when the it film did, was yeah. originally to come out, so it does feel like the song has been around for a very yes. long time. Um, it was her first UK number one single, if you can believe it, Ben. Uh, I know I can't. And it's only the second Bond theme ever to hit number one, which I think again we've discussed before. Sam Smith being the other one, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> undeservedly somehow skyfall yeah. never got to number one which again surprising in itself all thunderball yeah all thunderball. <laughs> i think what surprised me researching the song was actually billy eilish and her brother really sought out the producers and the creators of this film to try and get themselves in the frame for it i think usually you kind of feel like it's the other way around they're like they're looking for the person to perform the song but yeah. she and her brother, who I think are a bit of a writing duo, this they said they'd written like loads of songs. Were like, oh, that would make a good Bond song, or let's write this as a, as a potential, like what a Bond song would would sound like, even way before like I think you know, she came um, into the the mainstream. So that was really interesting to see. And then they met with Barbara Broccoli, and then who of course is a famous Bond producer, so, and then agreed to write the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were given parts of the script initially, but it, it seemed that they struggled to kind of write it at first i think probably it was kind of melding her normal style into what is a bond song as well you can assume that there is a lot and lot of pressure especially for someone of such a young age as well and i guess her brother probably isn't too old either so i can see why they would I think her brother her brother was on glee was he yeah i think he was a back you know a backgroundish character but he was on glee at some point yeah right. I, right. I think he's a bit older right but i can i can yeah i think it's there's still probably, even though like she probably had broken through at that point when she was selected, it still probably was a very big thing to be chosen to do the Bond song, wasn't it? Yeah, I think a lot of people were worried about her selection. 
Were they? Yeah, like I was. I think it's very obvious what you're getting with Adele and what you're getting with Sam Smith. I don't think people knew because her, especially because she's she at the time she was very uh, dark and brooding and in your face. I guess people thought it might have been a different kind of Bond song. I guess more like the Alicia Keys and um, what's his name, Jack White, <laughs> which people don't generally like. What? Yeah, I mean, I think I think what what really shines through from the research is that they really wanted to create something that was original. They they listened once they actually had constructed the song. They then listened to every single Bond theme back to back to see like, oh, have they infringed on something that's come before? So clearly there was a lot more thought behind it. And I know when we've been in through a lot of the other songs, it seemed like they were just thrown together in a bar by Duran Duran and um, John Barry. <laughs> Although we know that is one of the best Bear, Bear Bond songs. I think it was the Aha one as well, the one I'm thinking of where it was kind of just like thrown together over a weekend. Where yeah, this one yeah, seems yeah. to have been like many, like the, a, a long, lengthy thought process that went behind it. Um, it is a bit of a collaboration with Hans Zimmer, who did the score for the film. And also the guitar playing is Johnny Marr from the Smiths, so a second Smiths mention. Uh, I did, that is a fact, I did not know. And he actually said when they were creating the song that the constant notes were just reduce, reduce, reduce. So they just kept stripping it back, stripping it back, which is uh, when you listen to it, I mean, there's, there's not much orchestration. <laughs> you're gone, Billy. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you're no longer there. The vocals are no longer there. It's just Johnny and Hans. <laughs> But yeah, he said that the power is in the intensity of the performance, which I guess is probably what you would say about her as a as an artiste, um, that it's kind of in the way she dictates the song rather than the the music necessarily behind it. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of lot of positive critical reviews. I think a lot of people have said similar things that it kind of encapsulates a lot of what the best Bond songs do, um, like a slow build up, a, a dark shivery theme was one of the things that someone put. Um, and dramatic orchestration. Ooh. I think what is interesting, actually, is that there, one of the final notes of the song, she really belts it out, which is not common for her, apparently. Ben, nope. you can confirm. Nope. I can do yeah. it. And Let me just check my, uh, my, my post. <laughs> <laughs> nope. uh, and that was like a personal choice by her because she felt like it needed some sort of like bigger crescendo, I guess, in line with more Bond mm. songs. So it just shows how much they were paying attention to the history of this like movie song franchise. So I think that's probably why it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Kids got range. I really feel for whoever has to do the next Bond yeah, song. Well, it's not, it's good. Following up on Madonna that. again. <laughs> <laughs> again. Well, yeah, I guess it's whoever's the next big thing. Someone that doesn't exist right now. It could be you, listener. So you think those were a lot of notes. I'm guessing there's no notes for this. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing on this song. Uh, other than the fact, do you get the collection ready? It's ready, it's ready. Diane Warren. Lovely stuff. So yes, we are talking about Somehow You Do from the film Four Good Days. Yes, I also don't have a clue. <laughs> Written by <laughs> Diane Warren and performed by country star, um, apparently, Reba McIntyre. Yeah. Come on, Ben. Do you know Reba McIntyre, Lindy? Yes. Reba McIntyre. Okay, Reba McIntyre. That's who he's got a poster of on his wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, come on, D. All I'll say is I know her because she does a fantastic cover of Fancy. Not the Iggy <laughs> yeah. Azalea song before you say it. <laughs> oh, oh, so that's what, I was, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, a country version of that. No, it's a song from the uh, 70s. 
and she covered it in the eighties, and it's like one of her signature tracks. Look at you, you cultured. But the original's really good as well. Well, apparently she. <laughs> if anyone wants to go, she has thirty-four studio albums. That's too many. Twenty-six compilation albums. Yeah. Uh, and two live albums. Just two. <laughs> Just the <Including> two. <laughs> Just the two. She sold over 75 million. Well, I mean, if you have that many albums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just one per one per album. Now, apparently, this sent me on a bit of a um, Wikipedia dive. She has the nickname the Queen of Country. Now, that seems like a bit of a push. Uh, and apparently, I saw five people who have been given this nickname. Is that your top five? A sort of. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm suggesting a bit of a scrap between these because. Um, you can only have one queen. Has there ever been a sort of system in the world in which there are multiple queens? Um, except for the the, the current musical Six. Oh, really? Yeah, about the Six Wives of Henry VIII. <laughs> give that a listen. It's terrible, but also amazing. Yes, give that a listen rather than this song, because... Uh, um... Guys, what do you think? Um, wasn't a huge fan. Um, where's she going? Where's she going in the video? Where's she going? Well, she's at Crossroads. <laughs> How did she get there? <laughs> she she's so she's so literally at a Crossroads. It's unbelievable. I'd, I'd but that I, I was going to come on to that. But then she's also on a mountain at one point. So yeah, and a beach, and a beach. I mean, the, my favorite moment was when she so she's like stood on a beach right at the end, and like <laughs> her hat kind of blows <laughs> off, and it's like it's yeah. so terrible. And I was like, that's been done by accident. And it's like, oh wait, no, it is part of the video. And then two children appear. <laughs> unaccompanied by anybody and like give her her hat back and there's just like a really awkward moment where she's kind of looking at these two kids they're looking at her like who's this woman we've just found on the beach they run away and she just <laughs> continues staring at them creepily but yeah the, the part where she all of a sudden she because she's the music video starts with her walking just like in the desert and then all of a sudden she comes to this really clear crossroads i mean it was like it was like britney spears was back with um no yeah woman but it's um yeah the song itself i wouldn't have said it was on diane's best i much preferred the song from last year where it felt had a little bit more interest this yes. felt like it was maybe trying to and hated the song there you'll be anyway but it felt like it was kind of trying to be something it was like a throwback wasn't it it was like a song it was like a power country ballad that should have felt at home in a a kind of like cheesy blockbuster from the late 90s yeah. So what you're saying is, it's a Diane Warren song. It's a Diane Warren song. It was. It was more <laughs> like her old stuff, except like it didn't seem to have any kind of contemporary twist to it at all. Even the video. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, it was terrible. Yeah. No, that's why I love it. <laughs> oh, no. That's why you love it. But you hated there you'll be, which is an absolute anthem. It, it's, it, it's not. Loving it is uh, obviously a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should pull this out straight away. <laughs> Um, but I was like after the first verse, I was a little apprehensive that it was going to be another built to nothing like uh, the fiasco that is there you'll be. But um, this one delivers, I think, when the key change hits and Rio McIntyre is given free reign to strut her country stuff <laughs> because she is country. She's she's strutting. I enjoyed this one. Yeah, uh, I mean it's not <laughs> it's not the best song. It's not the worst song. It's just a good Diane Warren song. What I do think though is that the music video showed me that I should not watch this film because it looks terrible. Uh, yeah, I've uh, read some stuff about it. So it's a film uh, about um, the most beautiful woman called Glenn, Glenn Close. <laughs> oh, so um, was it Glenn Close? And, yeah, and Mila Kunis. About and it was Mila Kunis as well because I was watching it thinking, yes. is that Mila Kunis or is that someone like yes, just yes. like some new actress? She can still play someone who's apparently thirty, and it kind of works. 
about a mother-daughter relationship that is <laughs> impacted upon by uh, addiction and drugs. That wasn't clear at all from the trailer, then. <laughs> <laughs> it's clear from the YouTube comments if you read it through. No, it was clear, it was very clear from the music video. I felt like I saw the full film. <laughs> it, it felt like somebody remade the movie Wild of Reese Witherspoon, but decided that all the interesting bits should be cut out. Because <laughs> there was just nothing there. No. If we go back to that article for uh, Be Alive, where it said it felt like Oscar bit, that movie looks like Oscar bit, if I ever yeah. saw it. I think that's been Glenn Close for a few years now. She seems to release a film around this time, and uh, it gets... Um, what's like the level below buzz? <laughs> a hum? Um, like a, a, hum, yeah, a hum? a slight hum. <laughs> <laughs> it's that... Did you hear that sound? It's that kind of level. <laughs> Was that Glenn Close? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of that level. I, I don't think it's a, a great song. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it has a lot of love, and I think we are just not a country-loving country. But we are a Diane Warren. We are a Diane Warren fans. So I think we are a Diane If she Warren wins, fans. we won't. We won't be upset. <laughs> well, it's because she yeah. she does deserve one. Twelve nominations. <laughs> oh dear, crazy, Diane. I mean, you're picking the wrong films, Diane. Speak to Lynn. Find out what Lynn's doing. <laughs> yeah, what? That's what we need. We need a Diane Warren and Lynn Manuel Miranda collab. There's no way yeah. they can't. Lin they both Man- need that Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin- Lin's on his yeah. way to an ego. He need. He needs the Oscar. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's someone that's going to get it, isn't he? Very. He could easily do it. Yeah, take that, Will Smith. Top five guys. Top five. Is it Reba McIntyre? What's her name? Do Reba. Reba. She's been given the title of Queen of Country, but so have four other people. <laughs> So, I ask you, who are the other four who have the title Queen of Country or something close? Because I had to push it a little bit. Uh, Celine Dion. No, not Celine Dion. Celine Dion's not the country. Someone has the, uh, someone has the title the Celine Dion of Country. <laughs> Is it Shania Twain? Well, Shania Twain must be in the list. Shania Twain has the country pop queen, yes. So, that counted that one. Yep. Faith Hill obviously must nope. be on the list. No. No. Nope. Leanne Rhymes. No, you need to go. We need to go older. Big names. Oh, actually, one of them's the reigning queen of country. So apparently, she's beaten the others in a. Yeah. Well, Dolly Dolly Parton, presumably. Dolly Parton's one. one of them. Yep, that's three. Um, someone with an alliteration of a name, older name. Is Taylor Swift not also? <laughs> no, she's a princess of country. Alex, come on. Someone from the Dixie Chicks or the Dixie Chicks in general? Can they be the queen? <laughs> nope. Same alliteration as Lurleen. Carrie Underwood. Uh, Carrie Underwood's there. Carrie Underwood's one of them, yes. Well done, she's the reigning queen. You're missing Same one Same alliteration as what, Ben? Uh, Lurleen Lumpkin. LL. Two L's. Uh, yep. Liza Linnelli. Laverne's nope. something. No, nope. not <laughs> Liza Linnelli. Leonce nope. Lowell's. Lion no, no, Lauren. No. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get it. Uh, Lonnie Lash. <laughs> nope. Loretta Lynn. Oh, I'm never going to get that. <laughs> No, no. I was going to say Raina James from the TV show Nashville, but... <laughs> it seems like on this list, there's a, there's a list of honorific, honorific titles on Wikipedia. It's quite interesting. Shakira has many. Um, I, I'm I'm a big fan of her Queen of the World Cup. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Is it, is it really? It's time for Africa. Uh, apparently Justin Timberlake... Apparently, apparently Justin Timberlake has, been, has been given the nickname the King of Pop. Now, I think that's, I think that's a bit... There's a bit of a claim. A correct claim. <laughs> it's a bit of a claim. A bit of a correct claim. <laughs> no. Um, we, all, <laughs> we all know Pitbulls. Yeah. Pitbulls got loads. I was going to say Mr. Worldwide. Three or five, Mr. Worldwide. We didn't, we didn't talk actually about what which songs have already won awards on the award trail. 
I think No Time to Die won the Golden Globe for Best Original Song. But also won the Grammy for Best Song Written for Visual Media. We all know what, which is more important. <laughs> so I think I don't <laughs> yeah, know if that's do. I don't know if that's a hint of what's to come. Anything's better than a Grammy. What is better than a Grammy is our own personal picks for what is best song. So Alex, what do you think should win the Oscar this year for best original song? Um, ooh, it's a good question. I should hope you know what you're picking. No, by now. I actually, I actually, I actually don't. I think I'm just I'm reassessing. Oh god, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out like which one I think will win and which one I think deserves to win more than anything. Has a Bond song ever won? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Adele yeah, yeah. Won, yeah. No, well, Sam Smith won because he had that awful expect some speech where he said like he thought he was the first gay man to ever win an Oscar and when actually it was a claim that was incredibly wrong. Yeah, I didn't realise he'd done that. I think that No Time to Die will win. I also think it probably is the best song. I'd be surprised if it didn't win because I feel like it's another way for the Academy to make make themselves look current by having someone like Billie Eilish win, which they seem to do every now and again, don't they? And I think this is an easy award for them to do that where it doesn't affect their like major movie awards. So I would be surprised if anything other than that one. The only other one I think could win would be the one from Encanto, but it seems like maybe if they wanted to win the award, they should have gone to the other one, which seems to have more of a cultural impact. Yeah. So yeah, I think No Time to Die probably is going to win. And probably deserves to. I think it's the best. I think it's the best song on the list. Yeah, definitely. I think it's. I think it's going to win. I think it's the best song. Uh, I wouldn't mind if the Encanto song won, but yeah. Um, sorry, Diane. Put the gun down. <laughs> Jesus, uh, I do agree. Not with the. Well, I, I do agree with putting the gun down, but not with the uh, suicidal thoughts. <laughs> uh, pointing at me, not not this, not herself. <laughs> oh right, okay. No time to die. Should definitely win. It is definitely the best song here this year. But I wouldn't be saying that if we don't talk about Bruno was nominated. So. But it's not, and we don't talk about it. I, I really need to go away and listen to this, to this song. Well, if you're going to watch the movie, you might as well just wait for the movie. Oh, okay. Like you've already had enough of it spoiled by listening to Dos Aranguitas already. <laughs> okay, so that brings an end to another episode of that song from that movie. Let us know on Twitter which song you think should win the Oscar for Best Original Song this year. Ben, what is our Twitter handle? At TSFTMPod. Nice. So you can help the podcast in many ways. One of those ways is on a random subreddit. But Alex, what random subreddit should they pick this week? Well, it's not, it's not random. It's um, it's Diane Warren, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Where else could it be? Mm-hmm. Yep. As well as Reddit, the other places you can help us is on Patreon. It's on Spotify, Apple. Just leave a five-star review. Tell your friends. We are desperate. Please. So all that's left now is do some goodbyes. So it's goodbye from myself. Goodbye. And goodbye from Alex. Oscar, I don't even know her. Nice. <laughs> and goodbye from Ben. I don't find any quotes. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah. Fucking hell, we squeezed that in. Are we doing a top five? Um, my only top five was what Alex already said. Let's do it. Do you have the list? <laughs> it was the five queens of countries. <laughs> Let's just quickly do it. Go. <laughs>